0: Welcome to FileMaker Talk. This is Matt Navar, and today our guest is Scott Karch. Good to see you. Thanks to thanks to invite me in. I'm used to saying Scott Karch with Facility Wizards, but now it's Scott Karch with Nimbus Hosting, because you got fired, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, we are starting off. Facility Wizard Software has been doing hosting for about 10 years of our uh, applications that we sell, and um, we're now going to be offering the same hosting services we provide to our clients to the rest of the FileMaker community, and the, the, company, the spin-off is now... Nimbushosting.net. I love the, the whole Nimbus you know, cloud thing. Very cool. Thanks. Yeah. It's actually, it's even, it's kind of clever. We've got, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you've got the Nimbus 2000 broom. Oh, yeah. Got, you know, Nimbus as a cloud. So we're kind of blending facility
0: wizards and cloud computing all in the. A... Right. And the facility wizards thing has all those really fun little themes in there, too, they always have. Which who knew Harry Potter was going to be such a huge hit right when you started that whole thing? Oh, it,
1: actually, I think. It's
0: because of us that the Harry Potter thing took off so well. Yeah, Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'll I'll make sure JK knows about that. We also have Matt Petrowski here with us. Matt, you got something to say?
2: No, I had a question. So for clarification, so you're still with Facility Wizards and this is a spinoff, or is this completely separate and different from Facility Wizards?
1: This Nimbushosting.net is a spinoff of Facility Wizards software. It is going to be a completely separate company. Different front end. You're not going to see any links between the two. Some of the higher up management is uh, overlaps, but it's going to be a, a very separate company.
2: Gotcha. And you're hmm. still you're still involved in both.
1: Yes. Facility Wizard Software. When we host our own clients via Citrix, it's going
0: to be on the same hardware and the same infrastructure that Nimbus Hosting.net clients are going to be on. Gotcha. So are mainly, are you going to be hosting the amazing Citrix solutions that you have, or are you going to be doing some other types of hosting? We're going to start out primarily with Citrix
1: hosting of FileMaker solutions for an end-to-end you know, FileMaker server running through Citrix, you know, FileMaker clients through Citrix. We're going to add TCP port 5003 access for FileMaker Go right off the bat. And since we're opening up 5003, we are going to allow Direct FileMaker client access from the WAN, but it's not going to be something that we're heavily promoting. It's going to be something in addition to the Citrix interface that most people right. will so be so you're
0: first. not going to be going out for doing the same thing like uh, Dueling Dog and, you know... Correct, yeah. It's, it's a different market. We're going
1: for, you know, incredibly high reliability, um, tons of redundancy, really high-quality hardware... And the fact that it's not just a quality FileMaker server, the whole infrastructure is made to host FileMaker solutions. It's not just hosting a FileMaker file, but since we've got the back end, the front end, your FileMaker client, and getting it to the end user, we're really up-touting ourselves as a full solution for FileMaker hosting.
0: Well, one of the things that I've been uh, planning on doing with your company is related to like, the vertical market. So if you have a vertical market app, one of the big things that's time-intensive is to deploy FileMaker to a client. So if a customer says, I want to buy your software, you have to get FileMaker server installed on the right kind of hardware that they have there. Get FileMaker installed on all the clients. With this, you can actually just push a button and deploy a virtual server. Right, because everything's virtualized. Yeah, our entire infrastructure is virtualized. Which is amazing, and you've done that beautifully. And then you deploy a FileMaker Server slice. Mm-hmm. You deploy all the clients on there. You have a, a the application's loaded, and you can already just pre-configure it with the clients' data uh, that they can you know start using. And then they can just download the Citrix client right over the internet. Correct. And so they can you can basically literally push a button, and ten minutes later they have they have a deployed solution. It you could definitely be that that easy. We're not st- we don't have the back end completely automated that way,
1: but that is the way we're planning on going. You described yeah. what we want to have as, you know, totally hands-off spooling up of whole dedicated infrastructures for individual clients even.
0: Yeah. Well, it would take a lot of work to, to to get the back end working from that vertical market side to be able to have, you know, to spin off a copy of the database pre-configured for the client. Yeah.
1: I don't see that being a really big issue for someone who's, our core clients that we expect to start with are going to be people who have solutions already running maybe in maintenance mode or tweak mode, but not like hardcore development mode where you're pulling stuff and down up and down all the time that you have something that's working, but say either you need, uh, you have users in different locations, different cities and FileMaker over the WAN isn't working. Maybe there's issues with the IT departments, you know, not wanting to support FileMaker, but the core clients are probably, to start with, going to be people with existing solutions that they're not happy with how it's being run, implementation, support, uh, servers, right. everything right. like that. And we want to take and get you up and running with your existing solution, not necessarily building up um, new solutions in, in a, right. devel- as a as a development environment. Yeah. It does work. We develop in Citrix, but where we see it really working well is, just everything's flying, and
0: you're using it as a as a really high quality you know, hosting environment. So, what are the price ranges for uh, on the low end of the high end of what you're going to be charging? I think we're
1: going to be starting out. It's approximately forty dollars per named user per month for Citrix mm-hmm. uh, connections. We're um, because of uh, FileMaker's licensing and Microsoft's licensing. There's we can't offer pure. Concurrent licensing, right, but we are also going to offer a type of hybrid concurrent licensing where you purchase the filemaker and terminal server licenses the Microsoft licenses for a flat fee of about fifteen dollars a month, and then you have as many people that have access into the network and then you purchase for an additional say like thirty dollars a month thirty thirty five dollars a month how many concurrent Citrix connections you want in at a time. So first you pay for people's names to get in the system, and then you can float
0: up and down on how many concurrent people you want to have in at the same time. Well, that time. makes sense because FileMaker is licensed by named user. Absolutely. And then Citrix is licensed just by concurrent user. Absolutely, yes. Okay, so and that's a tricky, really, thing. But you I can't can. do pure... Right, one or the other. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I can either buy
1: full licenses. The closest thing we can come to concurrent is this sort of hybrid concurrent where you do have to pay... Um, a a per name user for certain technologies, but because the Citrix is so much a a large part of the price that we can offer
0: a a partial concurrent licensing. I can see a few things that are just going to be totally obvious uh, customers out of the gate. And that's going to be people with a a handful of users, two, three, four, five users at a company that have a really big file maker solution that they use that does everything. And it's just too slow and to run on a WAN Mm -hmm. and they want those people to be able to work in the field. So that's going to be so obvious because it just solves all those problems perfectly, right? Yeah, absolutely. That It makes a tremendous speed difference. And then and then the other side of it would be if you've got customers with a large number of people all over the place. Like, uh, for example, the big public health thing that I do runs in 30-plus counties all across the state, and some of those people have really, really low Internet speeds.
1: Yeah. Speaking here at PAUSE, I mean, our, the session that we did was uh, about… Oh, you and- you spoke at PAUSE? Yes. Oh, it was fantastic. i messing with you. <laughs> um that we were talking great thanks i you kind of i was in there it was it, it's really nice seeing what people's uh the expectations are and in questions about citrix when do you use citrix when do you use filemaker i mean sometimes filemaker over the when is 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 fine and when it's fine that's great but uh, like you're even mentioning if if you've got a lot of data and you're out in the field and you have connections that hiccup and they go up and down i mean you're going to constantly kill those those you know lost connection right. with FileMaker server. Right. With Citrix, you drop the connection for 20 seconds while your you know, WAN connection comes back up again. You'll bang, the, C- the Citrix client will go right back into your session right where you were.
0: Yeah, Including in the middle of a big long script
1: or whatever. A, a defined field, yeah. you got the schema open, something like that. I wouldn't do that in FileMaker over the WAN. We develop all of our, uh, right. all of our applications via Citrix without yep. any noticeable concern. And that was my question, actually. I was
2: going to ask you from the standpoint of last night we were having a discussion about using Go. And, you know, Go as a first release, it's cool. You can have access to your data, but it's a little bit slow. So one of the guys was saying, I think it was Alan Imbardo, or um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, was saying that he's using Citrix on the iPad for FileMaker access as opposed to Go because it was so much more responsive and better until they actually clean up the speed on FileMaker Go.
1: I agree. That's, that's one thing we already know that we're going to be pushing out far more cl- of our solutions via Citrix. And I'm going to be recommending people use, look at Citrix for, for those exact same reasons, that it works on far slower connections, connections with really horrible latency. Oh, yeah. You, you don't have to worry about it. I mean, the latency only affects your button click to tell the remote copy of FileMaker what to do. I mean, it might, if it's really bad latency, it, you might not see the screen refresh for a couple of seconds. But when it refreshes everything's there because all the work was done on a, you know, multi gigabit back end client right. server connection. So FileMaker Go looks gorgeous. It's a fantastic piece of technology, but it's from slow. the testing that we've done, in my mind it's still for the LAN or like ultra high quality internet
0: or Home. Uh, or an offline kind of a thing, right? So you oh, have go so like a local file, local yeah. files.
1: Yep. And if you if you can there's locations where a local file is going to be a great way to go if you're willing to um, build up the syncing infrastructure to push it back up. If if it's data that has to sync back up into your your hosted solution.
2: It seems like uh, to me that Citrix always sneaks in there because it's sort of like this protective layer. I mean, it's always what's running is running not on your device. It's running somewhere else that's like protected and you're just seeing what's running and able to interact with it.
0: Now, there's an added layer of security that comes along with that. Well, mm-hmm. 256-bit encryption and two-factor authentication. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Those things and the fact that the data isn't on
1: your machine. Like, we didn't use Citrix because of that, but that's easily something
0: that you can look at as a benefit. Comes along for the ride and and allows you to use FileMaker in places that you wouldn't be able to otherwise. Oh, absolutely. That's another reason why
1: uh, I think the the verticals or uh, FileMaker application developers really should look into Citrix hosting is even though it's easier than it's ever been to get FileMaker in corporate IT, it's still sometimes if it doesn't fit the checkbox of are you Oracle or are you SQL... You know, not other. It's yeah. which one are you? And if you're not one of those, that RFP gets, you know, yeah, you, know, you, get, you get thrown away right there. Citrix, it's just accepted. No one blinks an eye at Citrix. There's other technologies like terminal services that can do very similar things. Right. 2X, fantastic technology. But if you're working with big companies, if you say Citrix, they, they just don't even think about it. Yeah.
2: It's the it's the oh yeah product
1: oh yeah okay yeah.
2: We're We're not not you're good you know what
1: oh
0: yeah. it that's is just like FileMaker like no IT person has ever questioned for FileMaker as being a sta- established platform <laughs> I know it, it is, it is. Yeah, yeah oh that was joking yeah.
2: sorry I couldn't control my laugh there
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we fight we fight
1: that battle all the time that's actually how Facility Wizard software got into the Citrix hosting anyway because there was a lot of clients who you know ten years ago twelve years ago FileMaker was not allowed in the server rooms, period. There's just no way we were getting in. And we had people who wanted to give us tens of thousands of dollars to buy our software. So we built our hosting infrastructure to make sales because the people wanted to buy it and the IT people were saying, no, yeah. this gets you in the door. I've never heard of a company saying no to Citrix. It's easier. They don't have to support the servers. They don't have to support the clients. Right. If it's a large company, It's pretty likely they already have the Citrix client loaded on their machines anyway. If they don't, it's really trivial and I've never had anyone complain about it. We sometimes actually get hosting clients that even though it would be allowed in their IT department, they hate their IT department so much, they'll pay for us to manage the whole thing because there's so many battles with IT departments. They call and beg and it might be weeks before they get something improved. They say, hey, when we call you and ask for something, you do it that
0: day. Yep, the service with a smile.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it works. We, it's fantastic. It's it's gone from saving a, a couple of sales that we didn't have to Facility Wizard software now gets over thirty percent of our thirty to forty percent of our revenue from the recurring revenue stream from this hosting. And as the IT person in charge of you know the hosting for Facility Wizards now NimbusHosting.net, dot net, I don't care if they're Facility Wizard software FP seven files right. or. Matt Petrowski's fb 75 Well, if I was doing consulting, then
2: I mean, I would use this as one of my tools in order to facilitate sales where I could not formally get them because it is a hard push. It's a hard sell. Um, you know, When I was an SE, I've been in the IT discussions and I know what their resistance is. So, and when you say Citrix, they're like, oh yeah, okay, I know what that is, sure. And then what's behind it, hey... You know what are you running? Oh, FileMaker. Okay, that's fine. But you're running it through Citrix.
0: Yeah, hey, Scott, I want to geek out on your server setup for a little bit. Talk about the SAN and
1: my toys. Yes,
0: all my toys. Yeah. Right. As we're um,
1: getting ready to go go live, we should be in our new colocation center within two months. We're taking clients right now. I mean, we have over a thousand clients already. But we're we're upscaling it and replacing all our hardware and, and building an infrastructure that'll
0: hopefully lasts for five to ten years it's running on a big stack of mac minis right yeah yeah
1: yeah I, we just thought that that would be the the high availability um you know way to go oh yeah
0: yeah 5400 rpm drives awesome
1: <laughs> our new servers um again everything's virtualized we want to have a lot of flexibility with all this so between flexibility and speed we our servers are again this is really cool yeah 256 processor machines what nice. is a top, what is a 250? What, what's the name? I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. It's only got 128 cores, but 256 gigabytes of RAM. Oh. So 128 core machine, 256 gigabytes of RAM. That'll do. And we've got, and, we're, and we're, that's going to be our new standard, and we're getting a stack of those, and everything's in these high availability clusters. A stack of those, not just one of those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then, what about the storage?
1: Storage, right now, we've got a Dell Equilogic SAN that we're using. It's all iSCSI backend connections, and it's just amazing the flexibility that you get with um, with storage. Of the fact that everything's virtualized, you don't have to worry about buying full size hard drives for an extra couple gigabytes of storage. It's really right. flexible. We can right. really, at a granular level, manage everything. We can now even start, you know, encroaching upon the land of the um, uh, Econnectics, or what's uh, c-
0: the
1: other yeah, new name? The new name. Oh. I can't but remember. The Econnectics boxes, which are phenomenal pieces of hardware. I would love in the future yeah. to be able to have a couple as our ultra-fast tier of storage. Right, yeah, um, they can do a backup of a FileMaker a really large database in a small fraction yeah, of a yeah, second. Yeah, 8, 10 gigabytes in, uh, in two-tenths of a second. Right. Now, I've done some tests, and if you're doing a FileMaker, backup using FileMaker server with, you know, average server class hardware, you know, eight gigabyte backup could still take better part of half an hour. It just, you know, crunches and crunches as it's copying with our SAN technology, even though we can't do what the eConnectics guys do, you know, how would you guys feel about being able to do like seven second backups of eight gig, 10 gig, 20 gig solutions
0: i feel good about that yeah and and they're they're rock solid you know rock solid uh, snapshots yeah so what you're doing there is you're actually pausing the files exactly. and then doing like a snapshot of the in the back
1: end of the sand yeah right. we, we tell filemaker server do a pause then we send a quick command for the sand and actually the pause takes the longest time because sometimes if there's a, a filemaker session up and running um we have to wait for FileMaker server to know that it, it has everything right. closed off and f- all the cache flushed to disk and that it really actually closes the file, even though it keeps the end user's connections open. Mm-hmm. As soon as the file is paused, the SAN gets the release to take its quick snapshot, and then we do a FM server exe uh, resume command, and it's a fantastic way to do really fast backups. So we're going to be able to offer you know multiple backups a day, which for some people yeah. is going to be
0: great some yeah, for yeah. some people it's needed sure definitely and in seven seconds you wouldn't really even notice it wouldn't stop productivity at all
1: no and in fact if you had it on the screen and you're you just type something in and you're looking at it while you're writing something down or you're on the phone you wouldn't even see you wouldn't you wouldn't even notice it right and
2: even if you did you just think it's
1: screen lag or a connection lag yeah, a couple of seconds it's, yeah. it's fantastic so their hardware is is phenomenal i've seen it in action and um you can't say enough good about it but
0: to go from half an hour to eight seconds. Oh, yeah, big. <laughs> Scott, what happens if, like, one of your network switches or a piece of hardware or a server dies? Well,
1: redundancy is, is the most important thing I've been building into our network, and I'm building into our new network. As a matter of fact, a couple of months ago, I was out sick, and I was out for over a week. And uh, partway through the week, I get a text message to my phone from the monitoring software that one of my, one of my primary servers failed. Like, oh, shoot. And then I get another text message that one of our ISP routers died. We lost one of our ISP connections. Um, So there's redundant ISPs, too, huh? Oh, yeah, redundant ISPs, redundant servers. I had a UPS die. A whole UPS died. And we actually ended up with zero downtime. Wow. Yeah, we had, uh, it's, it's all about redundancy and planning looking at any single piece of hardware and saying if this fails how can i keep everything running live and you know having it recommend everyone to look at their own infrastructures to do this if you have upss if you have re- redundant power supplies get separate upss for the two power supplies that's why we had a, a, a power a ups die and the other ups was running so we we didn't lose lose any connectivity we we completely lost the hardware for one of our isps the other ISP took up the load. So we lost $30,000 worth of hardware worth of capacity, and no one even knew about it. Oh, actually, and one of the Citrix servers crashed and went down. Just for good measure? Just Yeah, I one of those bad days. And no one reported any outage. No one noticed it. The people who were on the Citrix servers, they did get their connection dropped. They logged back in again, and they were back up and running. No one called and even mentioned anything. And wow. So like a year's worth of failures in one day. Yeah, a year. That might even be two years' worth of failures from what we normally see. And redundancy is key, and that's what—that's how we're building our
0: infrastructure. Did you read your horoscope that day? <laughs> I should look back and find out what it was. I'm sure it, it was uh, something totally wrong.
1: I'll, I'll find love today.
0: Money. So uh, what other stuff you want to tell me about this uh, new hosting project? It just if people are interested, if they've got uh, issues with
1: FileMaker... FileMaker over the WAN. They've got clients that have uh, offices around the country, and they're having having connections, you know, connection issues, speed issues. Same with uh, Go. Go, you love the interface, but you're just realizing it's, it's too slow for out in the field, someone out yeah. in a truck right. driving around. You know, give us a call. We, we can set up a test file, test solutions. Where do they go? Because I know you said Nimbus, but let's make sure it's spelled correctly so people can go to the domain. The domain is nimbushosting.net. N-I-M-B-U-S-H-O-S-T-I-N-G dot net. Perfect. That's N-E-T. Yeah, dot N-E-T.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
1: Yeah. So, well, thanks so much for the for the time, but yeah, be happy to answer questions about if they have Citrix deployments that, that aren't working well. If they're having problems, we have a lot of experience and be happy to to help the rest of the FileMaker community out if they have clients that, there's a few things you need to know to run FileMaker really optimally in Citrix environments and I'm always happy to help out.
0: Yeah, it's actually interesting. So you can spend some extra development resources to make your app work really well over the WAN, right? So you can make it really light and really fast and do some certain things so that, so the login times and the use times are fast. There's way less that you have to do to make it work perfectly in Citrix.
1: Absolutely. I'd say there's nothing you have to do from the file level. The only things that we think about is something having to do with the deployment. Say, telling your IT department uh, when they install FileMaker on the Citrix servers not to check up the box that says alert me when there's
0: FileMaker oh, yeah, updates. Yeah. Exactly that one that you talked to me about last week. Yeah. So one of the, like, some of the things you have to do for Citrix are take, consider graphics. It doesn't have graphics. It doesn't draw the screen the same way. Um, and it's Windows only. It's, yeah, so it's Windows it's on the back the end, is very you know, Mac centric, uh, just from yeah, where so FileMaker came yeah, from. Yeah, that means if you've got a client that's all Mac, they're going to be seeing Windows. A few things that are sort of Windowsy, but when, but the Citrix um, client totally Mac. Uh, totally uses all the Apple keyboard shortcuts, so you can use Command. All the Command keys work exactly I'm the glad same. I not know that. I, I have to admit I've kind of strayed yeah. off
1: the ranch, and I. have kind of work in the Windows world now. But if it does, that's yeah. fantastic, and that, that helps tremendously get people so they don't have to relearn at least keyboard shortcuts, which are which are critical.
0: Oh, yeah. I develop on Citrix, too. So if you're in Citrix, you hit Command-Shift-D, you're managing the database, Command-L, layout mode. You that's don't awesome. have to use control keys like you do for, for example, Microsoft uh, uh, Remote Desktop does not support the command right. key. Right, yeah. The Microsoft Desktop definitely is just mapping
1: exactly the keys that yeah. go in. So the Citrix client, the Citrix folks were smart enough to say, by default
0: yeah by default it works that way that's fantastic I'm glad to know that and as, yeah, bit. as you said earlier the Citrix app for iPad is a thing of beauty as well
1: yeah yep. it works really well if you've developed a layout that works really well for Go if you've designed for the form factor mm-hmm. of either the iPhone or the iPad that layout is going to work fantastic for Citrix as well
0: cool Scott thanks for your time
1: thanks so much for having me